Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omus, episode 244. Hey, my riches, I am Hayut, and I'm so happy to be here with you today. My guest today is Brian Friedman, whose best advice was, don't be afraid to narrow. The fastest and highest quality way is by focusing first on a smaller group of people who will love and represent your product. And I love this advice because, as most of you already know, I believe that focus is the most important law of marketing. Ryan Freedom is the founder of Shield, which is a cybersecurity program as a service where he brings the founder's perspective to cybersecurity in an increasingly complicated and risk-filled environment. Brian has built product and lab engineering, design, and IT teams at companies with credentials such as Fortune 500 fastest-growing companies, the Inc. 5000 list, and Entrepreneurs 100 most brilliant companies. I enjoyed this conversation with Brian Fritton, and I believe you would love it too. Brian Fritton, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi! Hello, thank you so much for having me, Hayu. I'm so happy you are here, and I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. They would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? Sure, yeah. So, uh, you know, with my background in multiple startups, having been in the hot seat of uh, having to handle security for small companies, and having that be a really difficult process, I, I found that many other small company CTOs, directors of operations, IT managers, people who get given that extra duty of protecting their business, uh, have, have a similar problem that, that I had. So I built Havoc Shield, which is a cybersecurity program as a service. It helps you holistically protect your business from attacks as well as win new business with security-conscious customers like uh, government organizations or larger enterprise businesses. And it works a little bit like how uh, TurboTax in the States here yeah. uh, simplified the uh, complex world of filing your taxes with the government uh, in that we take the ocean of complexity that is mm. the cybersecurity job to be done and we bake it into a step-by-step plan and product that anyone on your team can, can manage. So we went through an accelerator at the beginning of 2020 called Techstars. Yeah, sure. Uh, raised, uh, raised a, uh, a $1.5 million round uh, about this time last year. And, uh, and right now are selling uh, primarily into uh, financial services, but um, but really our goal is to protect other founders and small business owners. Sounds fantastic. It is fascinating to find something that would help us protect ourselves. 
Can you tell me a bit about how did it start? How did your career start? What is your career path? Sure, yeah. Uh, so I've always been a little bit of a, a nerd, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I taught myself how to program. I was very fortunate to have a computer uh, pretty early as a child. And I uh, taught myself how to you know, design websites and program. I was always very interested in the security sides of things, uh, you know, and so my parents could, could never walk through a, a door in our house without typing a code on a, on a <laughs> hard, hardboard cutout code pad I had drawn in, in crayon on. So I think I was always sort of destined for security, but didn't get there immediately um, through uh, university. I had a website design uh, and development firm uh, that I was doing other websites for small businesses and, you know, learned how to manage clients and price my products and manage my time and all of that sort of stuff uh, through that. And that brought me through college. I started a couple of other uh, technology businesses to sort of explore how to how to run a startup, how to how to find customers, how to do the the legal formation part of it and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff and had varying rates of success and failure there, but certainly taught me a lot. After college, I, I worked a couple of uh, software engineering jobs for a major search engine, um, architecting out some very high volume uh, marketing and advertising products, as well as uh, working on the consulting side, building websites for mm -hmm. much larger businesses and uh was sort of their closer engineer responsible for making sure that any clients we had a big deadline with or, you know, had uh, had not done well so far in the contract with, you know, were, were paid very close attention to. So I got to be very entrepreneurial in the way that I accomplished that. And then most recently, I started a, a startup with my uh, brother called Patch of Land, which was a real estate crowdfunding investment business where we sort of took the Kickstarter model of investing fractional small amounts in larger projects and applied that to uh, giving normal people the, the ability to invest in real estate. And we uh, recently sold that business, and I moved back to Chicago from Los Angeles, where I was at the time. Wow. And, uh, you know, how Havoc Shield sort of came to mind is I took a job with a, a data science software maker here in Chicago, and they work very heavily in the political space. And uh, uh, when I came on uh, as the VP of engineering, I, I quickly inherited IT and got put in charge of cybersecurity in front of the midterm elections here in the States in 2018. Uh, and, and we were being told at the time by our government and the intelligence committee uh, members that you know, they had credible uh, information that we are going to be targeted by attackers and we better get really serious about our cybersecurity program. So it's a very, very serious uh, responsibility to be given, but I had my whole other day job to do as well. So trying to trying to put together a professional cybersecurity program that would protect us mm -hmm. and help us win new customers was a really difficult thing to do. And I thought that that would that would be something that would be uh, should be much easier Um so that we can help other small business owners protect themselves and protect their investment and, uh, and accelerate revenue. So uh, I, I left that job and started Havoc Shield. Hmm. Sounds very interesting. As an entrepreneur, 
what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur that listening to us right now mostly regarding their customer approach or anything that has to do with their customers but it can be about any other uh, thing as well yeah we we found a lot of value in narrowing our focus on customers so uh, we were trying to sell to more what I would call like main street businesses for a while you know uh, less technical companies um, we explored very you know technical startups but more broadly than any one industry and uh, a couple of other things you know that were less focused than what we're doing today and in each of those past experiments it was difficult to understand the jobs that our customers had to do uh, and to develop language in our outreach to them in our advertising in our sales process in our product that really focused in on what they wanted out of us and it was because we were focusing too broadly on small businesses and startups of a certain size and so it feels a little bit counterintuitive just to go back and say I am only a business for the financial services industry or for manufacturing or for the legal industry but what we did was was constrained our focus to the financial services industry mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of reasons primarily you know government regulation and and the fact that they are among the most attacked industry among small businesses of You know they have a distinct uh, incentive to to do something about that sooner rather than, than maybe some other businesses but the the point is that after doing that we were able to much more in a much higher quality way speak to those biz businesses people in financial services businesses who had certain regulations that were financial services regulations mm-hmm. we knew what their types of customers were and what their day-to-day looked like and And uh, it really improved our ability to get customers to pay attention to us. And now we have a playbook where we've been able to do that in financial services very well. And we now have the ability to go and repeat that playbook you know much more efficiently uh, in other industries where we can do the same with that focus there. So your best advice would be focus on your target audience? Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to narrow. You know you want you want your business to grow and And do more but you can learn I think the fastest and the highest quality way by focusing uh, first on a smaller group of people who you know will will love your product and, and represent your product and you can speak very clearly to hmm, I love that the most important law of marketing is focus and I always say that the cruelest is law of marketing is the law of sacrificing of giving up all the other things so right. uh, it seems like you did it you, you did it beautifully thank you it took, a, it took a while to figure out but we uh we have learned from that hmm. you've got successes and we'll talk about it in a minute but I want to ask you what is your biggest most critical failure with customers and The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Yeah, I would say there in the past 
have been businesses where I am more excited about the solution than solving the problem. And I think that this was a entrepreneurial maturity uh, topic, right? Uh, earlier in my professional life, you know, being a software engineer, being a technical person, being solution minded, uh, you get very excited sometimes about building something to solve a problem you see. And that's mm -hmm. great. That's what we're all here for. Mm -hmm. But in businesses in the past, I've certainly spent uh, less time than I should have uh, hearing, listening to people who mm -hmm. I want to solve a problem for and understanding how painful the problem that I think I'm solving is for them. And and what problems they have that are related to it that may actually be more top of mind for them, more painful. Um, and without doing that, without listening carefully, without interviewing people who you're trying to serve, uh, it's very difficult to build the right thing. And that is how companies die, right? Is you build something that nobody wants. Right. Um, and so I think, you know, my mistakes of the past would have been spending too little time understanding the the problems at hand, how severe those problems are, uh, the language, again, that's used by these people in describing their problem, you know, things that they've tried before to solve it, you know, and, and rushing too fast to try to build a solution that's exciting, you know, with 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 going more purposely through this process of learning the problems at hand for the people you're trying to serve, you can build a much, much better product and, uh, and a whole lot less heartache um, from building something that nobody wants. Mm. Mm. Fascinating. I do agree. This is one of the, uh, the best advice, the very uh, popular best advice that we hear usually. And uh, here you have the story about yourself. I think uh, it's a lesson that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs... Uh, not learning early enough. Absolutely. Yeah. And now I would like you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something you did right about approaching your customers. Okay, now I get to make myself look good. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, you know, this podcast is about successful entrepreneurs, so uh, I know you've got successes. I love to share the the learnings from failures more than the successes because it's there's so much more potent. But um, but also one of the things that I'm going to share now as a success came from first struggling to find uh, our way. So in our current business, we have some customers that they are given the job of of cybersecurity in their small business. And they have a whole other job that they have to do. You know, they they were not hired into being a cybersecurity professional. Oh. They were hired as a, a director of operations or something like that, right? And so this responsibility is added on top of what they already have to do. And customers have signed up with us before, taken a few steps, and then, you know, had to go back to their other job, right? They had to go back to the, the things that are on their roadmap um, and security, can sometimes take a back seat, but it's a really anxious feeling, right? The, the risk is too great. So they, they still feel very, uh, it, it keeps them up at night. Uh, mm -hmm. And so one of the uh, impacts of that for our business was adoption uh, had suffered. 
And you know that that's risky for a business because you don't want your customers to feel like they're not getting value out of your product and you don't want them to to cancel their their plan with you or anything like that. So we looked at how we could help solve the problem of, you know, our our primary users not having the time to use our product um, because they have another job to do. And uh, one of the things that we started doing for them is offering our managed plan. And so the managed plan is uh, driven by our internal client success team, which, you know, uses a very well-oiled, well-designed playbook of uh, how to use our tools inside other people's businesses to reduce their risk of an attack or if one happens, the impacts of it uh, and help those buyers, those customers out who don't have time to do a lot of those uh, those activities. And so we built a plan that in a couple of meetings every few months, we can take those actions for them using our existing tool and take security as a responsibility more or less uh, completely off their hands. And this is a big win for us because our customers said, yeah, absolutely, this is something that keeps me up at night. I wish I had more time for it. I wish we had more resources. Um, I would love your help. And for our business, uh, that is something that they're willing to pay for. And we were able to expand our uh, revenue by about 40% in the course of just a couple months. Wow. And uh, yeah, so uh, quite a big success there. And again, as we're talking about listening to people's problems, you know, this revenue came out of listening to people's problems and then trying to solve those problems. Amazing. What a nice story. Brian, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus marketing or sales? However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really helps you and might help other entrepreneurs as well. Yeah, I I must admit I do love shiny tools. I like to play with all of the new stuff, but totally. You said you are a nerd, (laughs) but not all my listeners are. Yep, yep. Um, But yeah, I am also a big proponent of using what you know works. So... I think one of the things that I we use that I know works that uh, works very, very well for us is email sequences inside HubSpot, our CRM. And mm-hmm. other CRMs have similar functionality. Uh, but the way that it works for us is when we have a customer who you know requests a demo or gives us their email by signing up for the newsletter or, or some other similar insertion event, we want to make sure that we're keeping them warm, that they have the information that they need at the stage they need it. And you need to build a machine to do that at scale. You know, it's hard to do that uh, without being purposeful about the goals at each point of an outreach to a client and then creating a sequence, a machine of events to, to try to achieve those goals, being primarily, you know, turn them into a customer and keep them as a customer. And, uh, you know, you can build a really large direct sales team for that. You can do this in different ad hoc manual ways, but none of that really helps you scale or test what works well. And so uh, we spent a lot of time in the in the sequence feature set of HubSpot building out new flows of nurturing and, uh, you know, attempts to move a prospect to customer or 
um, or other goals that we have in mind. We build those as machines, as, as hypothesis or experiments, uh, and then uh, let them run automatically and see uh, what works best. And so we can run two, three, four of those different um, sequence experiments at the same time and see how they perform against each other uh, and then uh, move from there. So it's a very good way to run bold experiments, do things quite quickly, um, and, uh, and have good data at the other end about um, how those are performing or not. And they also give you a, a good amount of flexibility to change things as, uh, as you learn. And so, you know, if uh, people are halfway through the sequence of events that happen as you're trying to turn them into a customer and you see things not working, you can change and you can affect that change across many, many, many uh, prospects rather than, you know, trying to reach out and do that on a one-to-one -one basis. Hmm. Thank you for that. HubSpot is one of the most recommended tools, but you uh, specifically mentioned something that I think no one talked about before. So uh, thank you for that. You know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us win and succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Oh, I have to say writing. Hmm. Especially with COVID and everyone working remotely in many cases, the, the world demands clarity more than ever because it's more difficult to get in the same room with a person um, and, you know, hash something out, you know, live. And as I think businesses realize the benefits of hiring people in other locations uh, and having more remote teams, the importance mm -hmm. of being clear in your goals and in your communication is, is really, really high. And so I spend a lot of time writing uh, what I think good looks like on a project or where I want to steer the business, you know, and... Um, what it does for me before I even send that to anybody is is clarify my own thinking and it removes a lot of the noise from my mind about what's important and what's not uh, in any particular topic or project or set of goals because you're forced to write it down and think about how to communicate that and, and what the main points are versus something that doesn't really matter that much. And then when you send it to somebody, you have this thing that they can look at and comment on and ask questions and is much clearer and more purposeful. So there are less questions and there's less back and forth and there's less confusion. And so I really appreciate the gift that writing gives me in my own generation of clarity and the ability that it gives us as a business to uh, to move very purposely but fast too because I can send that same communication out to multiple people and describe their part in it. Um, so writing has been very good to us. Hmm. Yes, you mentioned a few times the playbook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it seems it's coming from the, the same place. And what a beautiful and original success factor, I must say. Yeah, thank you. My final question, before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you, my final question is my mountain question. 
And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship as climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. You know, step after step after step. And then when you reach the peak, you're usually looking to climb a higher peak. Sometimes you need to go down in order to reach the peak. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yeah, I think that's a great analogy <laughs> to the entrepreneurial journey. Uh, and I want to focus in on what you said around sometimes you need to go down the mountain to climb the peak. I think my story would be in the balance of work uh, as an entrepreneur and, and life. And my story is that uh, I spent some years in Los Angeles uh, with my wife and another startup and uh, was working very, very, very hard, you know, know, 12, 14 hour days, seven days a week, and just burning out, right, as you try to make something of a brand new startup. And uh, finally, you know, we, uh, we took a, a vacation, a small vacation. I think it was just a weekend, really. But we went from Los Angeles up the Highway 1, the Pacific Coast Highway hmm. north, up to the Big Sur region up there, big forest uh, yeah. area. And there's a, a peak there in the mountain range called Garrity Peak. And we got up there. And, uh, you know, I grew up in in the woods in rural Michigan. So like the uh, nature is very, mm. very sacred to me. And so getting up there and having, you know, just worked, a, you know, I'm, I'm sure it was at least a, an 80 hour week, uh, like taking that deep breath in uh, and recognizing that the world is much bigger than you and your startup and that, that you have to balance your attention span and your bandwidth and your time in front of a computer screen um, in order to really climb that peak because, you know, uh, I could absolutely predict that if we hadn't taken some of that time to be in nature, to give ourselves time away from the computer, to, you know, take a drive and, and see the sights, the next week would have been so much less productive and would have been much more at risk of uh, of burning up, of not being able to to go on any longer. So, in that analogy of having to climb down to go up to the peak, uh, uh, it's just so important that I think entrepreneurs take the time to maintain their balance in life and treat their treat their bodies right and, and treat their mind right and, and get outside. Mm, I love that. I love that story, Brian. What is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that might want to be in touch? Sure. So we're happy to offer uh, free trials if you know cybersecurity is a concern or trying to win a customer who is demanding more of you from the security standpoint. Um, it's at HavocShield.com. Uh, for your listeners, we're happy to provide a really nice discount. So we'll put a link to where to get that in the show notes. Uh, if we can, Great. Um, but I'm really serious about protecting other small business owners. And sometimes that just means having a conversation about what's important. And so I really like to be uh, that human in front of the technology machine um, and then help solve mm-hmm. those problems. So uh, the best way to reach out to me, if you want to just have a conversation about it is my email. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N at Havoc, H-A-V-O-C, shield.com. Hmm. 
and we will put these links and uh, email in the show notes of this interview and Brian I would like to thank you so much it has been fascinating to talk with you and I really enjoyed this interview yeah this was a lot of fun thank you so much I thank you and take care you too bye bye all right thank you so much bye bye and for you our listeners until the next time it all goes down to this you either reach or or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye! Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.